Well, good morning, church. If you are here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Ayala, a senior pastor. Uh, If you like taking notes, also inside your programs in the right-hand side or fill in the blanks, the answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screen during the message. Well, we are in our final week of our current sermon series, Strapped, and I pray that you have been blessed these last three weeks of how we're able, we're feeling that crunch, we're feeling that stress of being financially strapped, that you have found the practical ways of how to move from being financially strapped into living a life that is debt-free, that what you're able to do freely and give freely the same way that God has given His Son, Jesus Christ, for us that we can do unto others. Now, before I continue on with the uh, the part here of the sermon, I want to share with you that if you missed last week's message, I talked about tithing, uh, you can go into our website at newhanoverumc.org, and you can search sermons and select the message that is titled, Putting God First. I want you to make sure that you get uh, blessed by that message, so that way you know what's happening here in our church and how we're able to change the way that we give and uh, make a difference and make a change in the world. Before I go on to today's message, I have an illustration I want to share with you, and I'm going to need two volunteers. Okay, let's see here. This uh, fine young man over here with the vest on, and let's go another fine young man right in the third row here. All right, come on forward. Please give him a round of applause as they're coming forward. Because you're probably saying, please don't pick me, please don't pick me. All right, (laughs) that's all good, but thank you. Gentlemen, your name? Dave, thanks so much, Mr. Dave. And your name? Ray. Ray. All right. So we got Dave. We got Ray. Thanks so much. So what I want to share with you, Mr. Ray, come on this side. I'm going to, Dave, ask a little more this way. Okay. So I want to share with you just an illustration. Okay. I have Ray that's here, and he's worked really hard throughout the, the weeks, throughout the months since January, because he knows that December 25th is what, ladies and gentlemen? Christmas. All right, follow along. So we, he's worked so hard, and then I'm not going to give him real money here, so I'm just going to simulate, right? So he's made $1,000 in making sure that he wants to, throughout the process, to make sure that he goes and entrusts somebody with it so that way he continue focusing on other things. Who's going to he entrust? He's going to entrust the fine old, you know, Dave here, who is our banker. Okay, so what he's going to do, Mr. Banker, Mr. Dave, um, you're going to then go ahead and deposit the, the money. They make a, a trust. Now he's, Mr. Ray is trusting him. In the legal terms, fiduciary trust means that what happens when you have a trustee that holds all the titles to all the assets of the beneficiary. So he's entrusting, Mr. Dave, the financial institution to make sure that he has here for his Christmas account. They've made all the assignments, they've, they've, uh, they've done the covenant, and so therefore, he has the money. Can you please show all the money to the people? Yes, he's made, you know, but what happens is he's the trustee, right? Entrusted, here goes Mr. Ray. He goes about continuing working so hard, so hard, and here comes Black Friday, and you know, the day after Thanksgiving where the, all the sales are happening, he goes over and he reaches out to Mr. Dave. Mr. Dave, give me the money, and all of a sudden he says, here you go. But what happens here? It's $800, and be like, Mr. Ray is going to say, hold on a minute. I gave you $1,000. Now, maybe at that time, if this was real life, I don't think that Mr. Ray here will keep it uh, Christian-like, you know, to the... the <laughs> you don't think so, right? You don't think so. And, and so, but here's the problem. <laughs> what happened was, then maybe Mr. Dave here said, you know what, my, I felt like I had the money and I needed to use it because my family also needs Christmas gifts. So I figured, let me use some of yours and you can have the $800 back. 
Now, does that, is that, is that, that's not right. Well, let's switch things around, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> let's switch things around. Let's say that here, Ray, is God. And that as a banker, the one that took the $200 from Mr. Ray is us. God has given us everything, ladies and gentlemen. He's entrusted everything, the blessings. And so at one point or another, God's going to give account for all the blessings he's given us. So how are we going to react? What are we going to say to God with all the blessings he's given us? Please give these gentlemen another round, fine round of applause. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I want you to keep that in mind as we go into today's message that, you know, dealing with the rules of investing as found in Matthew 25. So if you're able to, please stand for the reading of God's word. Matthew 25. Beginning on verse 14, the Bible says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Again, keeping that illustration in mind, entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave that one five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest. And you say invest? the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Let me pause for a word of prayer. Loving God, we come to our last point of our sermon series. In the ways of the rules of investing, God, and let this message really speak to our hearts and how we're able to understand and how we're able to give. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As I shared with you, that today's uh, theme and the focus is the rules of investing. Now, in the past, I've actually seen uh, things written up where it says rich people learn how to live like a poor person. And then the other side, the poor person tries to live like a rich person. And then that's sometimes how it goes. And throughout this series, again, you can go back into our podcast to hear, we, we've understood of how people do that sometimes. Of how they're able to live a life that they, don't, they can't live and they can't manage and therefore they go into this great debt in their lives. So the first point I want to quick point to you is don't invest in things you don't understand. Don't invest in things you don't understand. There are times that we go and... I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen. I've shared with you my story about finances and the dumb things I've done and the choices I've made. But there were times when I was trying to get better and I'm using money. And then at the end, I'm thinking, where did all my money go? I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, I thought I had some here and it's no longer there. Then when I take into account the accountability of where I spent, I'm thinking, oh, man, I went out to eat a couple times. Oh, man, I went and, and I felt good, you know, about sharing it with somebody. Or, man, I went to the store and I had to have this. And, and so here I'm getting out without a truly understanding the investment in my life and also not the very moment for how we're able to invest in the future. In Proverbs 21, verse 20, the Bible says, The wise have wealth and luxury, 
but fools spend whatever they get. See, what happens is sometimes we, we live in a life that we just, at the very moment, out of impulse, we just buy, we just purchase, we don't know how we're doing it, we don't understand, but we just want it. In order to invest, we can't be lazy, we have to work. We have to work, and some people just don't like working, right? Like, oh, you know, it's, and we have those moments. And even in the job that you're in, it's like, oh, I got to go back again. Oh, I got to sit next to this person. Oh, the cubicle. Oh, you know, and on and on. But in order to invest, we can't be lazy. We got to work. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, the second part of verse 10, the Bible says, those unwilling to work will not get to eat. And there have been sacrifices in our lives that we have done or our families have done for us or other even people have done for us in order to make sure that we have food on our tables. They've done whatever it is. Hey, and they say, what's your specialty? It doesn't matter. What do you need help? Because my family is in need. I need to have food on the table. I need to have clothing on them. I want to make sure that they have a house that they're able to live under. Whatever it takes. In addition to working, we got to work on understanding where our investment is going. In Proverbs 24, the Bible, in verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all, salt, all sorts of precious riches and values. Through knowledge, through understanding, all its rooms and all, all sorts of precious riches and values, the Bible is saying. So the second point I want to share with you, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 2, the Bible says, but divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risk might lie ahead. So I'm going to turn my attention, excuse me a moment, onto this table. And because I said, don't put all your eggs in the basket, what do I have? I got some. They're not hard-boiled eggs, so I got to be careful, okay? <laughs> I got some eggs here, and guess what? I got some baskets. And part of the baskets I want to share with you, for example, as we're dealing here, we're dealing with the tithe that we talked about last week. And then we're dealing with what we experience in our daily lives. We deal with in, uh, expenses. I shared last week that it is so important that we take at least and we set aside work, however many weeks you have or, or, or months, to work on having at least $1,000 in your emergency fund. Just put it aside. Uh, uh, put it up there, uh, $1,000. Uh, give it to uh, uh, Mr. Dave, the banker. If you don't like that bank because he only re uh, gives you back 800 then go somewhere else, right? <laughs> but you know you got $1,000, you're putting it aside just in case an emergency. And ladies and gentlemen, an iPhone 11 or whatever it is, that's not an emergency, all right? So just make sure that you experience emergencies. That's what it's there for. So what happens is I have a dozen eggs here. The blessings of God has poured out our way. And so what do I do with this? I want to share something with you is that it is important that we don't put all of our eggs in the same basket. If we put all the eggs in the expenses... Where is the time or money for emergency? Where is the tithes, the things that we talked about last week that we are robbing God when we're not returning his tithe and the offerings? We got to be careful. 
But the same way I want to share with you, if you're only putting everything in emergency, again, you've got other baskets that are blank, that nothing's going in it. But I also want to share with you, ladies and gentlemen, as a church, as a senior pastor, please don't do this. Don't put all your eggs even in this basket. I have met people, ladies and gentlemen, even the age that we're at right now, adults who are against the church because of what their parents did. And what did their parents do? They gave everything to the church while they were running around with sneakers that their soles just flapped and had holes under and, and, and so every time, can I get new sneakers or can I do this? Can I get new shoes? No, no, it belongs to the Lord. And so therefore, it created resentment in their lives. It's like, if there's a God that only wants everyone's money and doesn't care about us, why am I going to serve that God? So I want to let you know, please don't do this. I know it's important to give, but we have to understand our giving and the way that we give. Don't put all the eggs in one basket. So let's say you have this, this, these eggs represent the, the money that you work for. And you got the 12 eggs, and, and out of the 12 eggs, you know, I know it's a 1.2, but I'm not going to crack an egg right here, okay? And so, so, <laughs> so I'm going to give right away. Uh, here's, here's the blessing of the 12, uh, 12 eggs, and here, right away, I'm going to put two towards the tithe. Uh, God, thank you for the blessing. This is what I'm going to do for you, God, and, and, and so thankful I'm going to return it to you. Now, God, I have 10. So therefore, I know I have expenses. I know I have a mortgage. I know that I have a car payment. I know that I still have you know, this and I still have that. All the things that are representing in your lives of all the expenses. And then you realize, okay, God, I have even a little more to put into the emergency fund. Thank you for providing that, God. So now all of a sudden, now you've got the tithe that you're giving to God. And now you're, giving, you're taking care of your expenses. And now you're leaning towards your emergency fund. You get the thousand dollars, ladies and gentlemen. So what happens with these four? As you put away the emergency fund that's there, then you start working on your debt. And you say, how, where am I going to get the money to go to debt if I've already uh, put it into the emergency? No, the emergency fund is already here. So now you got the eggs that are putting towards the debt. Uh-oh, I got a raise in the, in the electric bill. Okay, you know what? Here it goes. It goes the egg into the expense, and you still have three eggs here. And so what happens is you want to make sure that it's all balanced. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. And then as soon as your debt is taken care of, praise God. Can you say praise God? Praise the God. debt is taken care of. You are debt-free, and now all of a sudden it allows you, I think I have it correctly here, more of the giving and the investment. Investments you can do all of a sudden now what you put into the debt and now you you don't have to worry about this debt, this uh, expense here Now it's over here the car payment that was here now all of a sudden it goes to investment now from the investment now You're free to give You're still giving to God. You're still taking care of your expenses. You're investing and now you're giving you're freely giving you are working yourself into being a giver and throughout this whole time you don't have to wait until you're giving to be a giver you've already done this by spreading the investment as the scripture is telling us don't put all your eggs in one basket and then I want to share with you the third point is don't try to get rich quick it fell silent in here okay so <laughs> <laughs> whatever, 
whatever form, you know, don't try to get rich quick. In 1 uh, Timothy chapter nine, 6, verse 9, the Bible says, But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. It's all negative things there, ladies and gentlemen. In Proverbs 13, verse 11, the Bible says, Wealth from get-rich-quick uh, schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard working grows over time. It is not a sprint. Whether you believe me or not, I know that it doesn't show, but I used to love running, okay? When I was in the military, I loved going up the hills, you know, the cadences and the long stretches. I loved, I loved it. I, just, I, I built up to it. I didn't like it at first, but then I just began, you know, to, to train, and I loved to be able to run. I remember the two miles that I ran, you know, at the end of the two months of, of uh, I started about maybe 24 uh, minutes for the two miles. I ended up at 1302 in two miles. I mean, I loved it. Just gliding. I felt like a gazelle, you know, just gliding. <laughs> Can you picture that right now? Anyway, no, it's all right. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so here comes, you know, my, my brother, he's a sprinter. I mean, football guy, you know, he, he sprints. I mean, just uh, 10 yards, 15 yards, whatever it is. But what, he'll beat me. And I, if he was here, I could tell him, yep, he definitely goes. But when it came time, I remember this. When it came time, I said, hey, you know, come with me. Out up in the morning, we started running. He was struggling because it was a more of a two-mile. Yes, he does great, and he has his gift of doing the sprinting, but when it comes to building, uh, getting out of being financially strapped, to being, becoming debt-free, it is not a sprint, ladies and gentlemen. It's more of a marathon. You have to work at it. Money plus time and consistency equals the wealth. Remember that story that I started out when you stood up that I want to continue in verse 19. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. Let me pause there for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. He came back and he was holding an account. He wanted an account of whose money was it? The servant's money? It was all the master's money. Just like the illustration I shared, it's all God's. But he's going to give it, he's going to ask for an account. What did you do with what I gave you? So here he does on verse 19, verse 20, it says, The servant to whom he had entrusted, here's that word again, the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Let me pause there for a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the master wanting to celebrate saying, you good and faithful servant. What I've given you, you've actually worked on it. You've invested. Let's celebrate together, holding the accountability of what you are doing and managing and being great stewards of the master's possessions. 
Then what happened, ladies and gentlemen? Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, you know, if I didn't, I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Don't deposit it in Dave's bank. <laughs> At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he, uh, he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what, are get, what they're given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, I want to say it again, but for those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when we're dealing about this, when we talked about the very first verse, Jesus was talking about, again, the kingdom of heaven. He was preparing for us to invest not only in our lives, in the lives of others, but how we're able to invest for eternity, for the future. How are we doing that? Those individuals that you may not have ever met 30 years ago or even before that, you know, in 1987, when they were investing into the future, you are the result of that investment. And therefore, now it comes to our time as we look towards the future, as we look towards eternity of how we're able to handle the blessings God has given us through our money, that God has given us through our time, that God has given us through our talents and our gifts. It is also for those who will come after even when you're no longer here. That we can invest in people who will be coming to this church but are not even here yet. That's your investment. That's how God is able to multiply and continue to share his word. And it's not all about, you know, investing in myself that we give, but how we're able, again, through that analogy of your working and your giving and your investing and making sure that you are a giver wherever your treasure is, that your heart is. And throughout this series, we've shared that money serves us as we serve God. Let us not serve money. Turn it around. How are we going to be an investor in our lives, the lives of others, those who want to hear the word of God, those who you can even put a little light of hope in the midst of despair? Where can we invest? It is our turn. We need to impact our future by investing, investing today for those who will come tomorrow. Let us pray. God, we're forever thankful for your love, your grace, your mercy. We're so thankful that as we come together and we've heard these series on strapped, being financially strapped, even while we're going through it, God, let us not, not be bogged down with just focusing on that, that we're down and out about how we are able to receive of your blessings because of what you have given us. Through the debt spiritually that we had, the spiritually debt that we had, and, and, and now we're, we're spiritually debt-free because of Christ, his blood that was shed for our sins, that we come to you. 
Let us be great stewards and managers. Be anything that we've been entrusted to, to give back onto you. To know that we're not putting everything in one basket. To make sure that we understand where we are investing and to make sure that we're not doing a, a, a get-rich-quick schemes. But that we are relying on you day by day. We're so thankful for your love and guidance. And you have not given up on us. In Jesus' name, amen.